Welcome back to the FishCast. We have another great episode as we speak to up-and-coming coach Frank Ponce, who just became the offensive coordinator of the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Coach Ponce spent most of his coaching career in the great state of Florida. After stops at some of the best high school programs in the country, Coach Mario Cristobal gave him his first opportunity in the college ranks at Florida International University. Welcome to a special edition of the Fish Cast. My name is Corey Long. I'm your host, joined by the man of the hour, as always, Charles Fishbein. How you doing, Fish? Pretty good. But uh, once you get done with the introductions, I got a little story about me and Coach Pond, So All righty. And of course, also joined by our conscious, the well-traveled coach himself, Coach Chris Demaris. How you doing, Demo? Coach C. Long, how's it going? Going good. And as always, we have the most illustrious guest here on the FishCast. And today, another one of our great guests, long time, and I want to say just a long time, presence in Dade County High School football as both a longtime assistant and a head coach. We go back to Coral Gables High School in the mid-90s. He was a he was on the staff of the Miami Northwestern team in 1998 that was nationally ranked. That was a, that Antonio Bryant team, right, Coach Ponce? It was. Absolutely. <laughs> then uh, went over to Miami Central, took the head coaching jobs at Coral Reef and uh, Miami Senior High. Now, these days, he spends his time in the college ranks. He was at FIU as a wide receivers coach. And he's currently on his second stint with Appalachian State as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. We're going to welcome Coach Frank Ponce to the Fish Cast. Appreciate you guys having me on the cast. Uh, well, we appreciate having you. And, and, and Corey, one of the first times I got to hang out with Coach Ponce, we were up in Piscataway, New Jersey at the Rutgers camp. And we were both fortunate to take a visit over to New York City and Rutgers decided to give us like a GA to run a van and the guy decided to go like a hundred on the freeway and coach Ponce and I did not think we were going to survive the trip. Like we thought we were almost holding hands and praying at the same time to, you know, different gods, but it just, we didn't no, think it was no, going to end too well. <laughs> no question about that. I'll tell you what, I had my heart in my throat the entire time, and, and Charles is being a little bit modest with the 100 miles an hour. I think we were at 120. And I tell you what, it's honestly one of the scariest moments in my life. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? I said, what are we doing? And hey, this is how we drive up here. I said, man, listen, you got to slow down just a little bit. It was something else. Yeah. I, I, I think I might have been in the other van. <laughs> was this the infamous yeah. Rutgers trip that uh that Coach Stephen Field was on, where he was wearing the turquoise uh the yeah. turquoise vest yeah. and the and the matching pants? Yeah, I really wish someone had a photo <laughs> of him because I would blow that up and bring that to Miami spring game every year. I would just have a life size picture of Coach Field wearing a turquoise vest with no shirt and turquoise pants, matching pants and boots out there, just hanging up right there at, at pro players, to, at whatever the state, the Miami stadium. Hey, I, a, I went out with them that night and almost got my ass kicked, all right? So. 
Uh, he's still wearing the same vest, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, I'm going to get the questions started off. Um, we're going to talk a little bit. We'll go right into, you know, your time at Dade County. You spent many years there. Coach, just, you know, you coached at a lot of big-time uh, programs there in Dade County. When you look back now, who were some of the top players that you had a chance to coach when you were out there on those fields? Well, you mentioned one of them, and that was Antonio Bryan over at Northwestern. Vernon Carey was the left tackle on that team. Uh, Corey Cox, our running back. Uh, the Weaver Twins at the Miami at Northwestern on the, on the same team. And that's that 1998 state championship undefeated team. <clears throat> it was actually the first time Northwestern went undefeated in 1998. Billy Rowe being the head coach. We had Roland Smith, a DB coach, and I just want to mention those coaches because it was a great staff. Max Edwards, the head coach of Northwestern now, was on the staff. Tim Ice Harris, the head coach of Fort Memorial now, was on that staff. I'm trying to think who else. I think those guys, obviously Billy Rowe, the head football coach, is at FAMU now. So we have some high school Hall of Famers there, head coaches, coaching, and I was – fortunate and privileged enough to coach with those guys and learn a lot from them. Uh, mainly Coach Rowe and Coach Ice are the, the two guys that I learned a lot. Uh, they still, to this day, they're my mentors. I just finished having a, about a 30-minute talk with each one on Saturday, but it, it was a fun time. Uh, Willis McGahey was our running back in Miami Central. So back in, uh, that was uh, 99, yep, 99 when after Northwestern in, in 2000. So we had, I've been fortunate to be around some really good players and really talented players that really, really uh, at the end of the day, is why you win football games. You have players like that. But when you have a good coaching staff, like the, those guys that I mentioned, that makes it even sweeter and a lot better. So um, been fortunate enough to be around some good guys. Coach, I, uh, I remember uh, actually going to that 98 title game. I think it'll be Bradenton Southeast, if I'm not mistaken. And that's right. In, in typical Northwestern fashion, someone snuck me in through one of the doors. Someone had pried the door open down at a Ben L. Griffith Stadium, and I just walked right in without paying a ticket. So it was it was a big packed house that night. I remember catch, seeing Bryant catch a deep touchdown, if I remember. And it was, I think, 28 to 10 was the final, but it was a dominating defensive performance by the Bulls that day. And they mm -hmm. about 15,000 uh, Northwestern strong there to cheer them on that night. It was fun time. Corey, what's crazy about that Northwestern game, I went to the Soul Bowl that year. A friend invited me to the game. Yeah. And that was I'm not going to lie. I walked out. Yeah. I walked out before <laughs> when Jackson basically had the game won. They decided that they wanted their quarterback to become like a punter slash I'm going to run out of the back of the end zone. And I believe he dropped the ball on the one or two yard line and Northwestern threw the game winning touchdown to Antonio Bryan. I don't think Jackson's ever reco recovered from that game, but I left the stadium. I just heard the fans scream. I thought the game was over. I was one of the idiots that left. So I never saw the play. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the first Soul Bowl that year drew like 40,000. And then I was shocked to hear that the state semifinal, they were down playing the state semifinals that year, drew another 40,000, 50,000. I had actually went to Lakeland to watch, and get, watch Lakeland, which I think was like third in the nation that year, get upset by Astero. Like a Lakeland team that had the average beating guy, <laughs> teams by about 55 points, loses to Astero like 15 to 14 or something. It was like I never seen so many fans shocked before. Like Astero was shocked that they won. Like they thought it was like another quarter of the game to go, so they couldn't. They couldn't even celebrate. They were they didn't believe they won. So the craziest things. 
Anyway, guys, next question. I'm sorry. I just yeah, Coach Ponce, you know, every time we talk about the 305, I get excited because you drop some of those names, and those names are so, so important because they've really made the legacy of the 305. And majority of my career, I recruited down in the 305. So you being from there, have you been able to continue getting kids from that area wherever you worked? Uh, yes, sir. So we right now, presently, we have on, on our team here at App State, we have three kids from Miami Northwestern. Uh, we just graduated an All-American cornerback and Shamar Jean Charles. He's from Miramar. So we, we've really done well with Broward, okay? A little bit better than Dade County and also Palm Beach. So we have from South Florida right now, Demo, we have about six kids. And right now we're presently on about three of them, okay? So we, the thing about it is, and I don't have to tell you guys this, when you talk about the city of Miami, Dade County or Broward, to bring them up to the mountains of Boone, North Carolina, it's a big change. But I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Demetrius Taylor lives in Liberty City. And when he came up here, it was a shock to him, just like if it, was, it was to me. But he has done extremely well. He has been really kind of opened the gates for us with, with Miami Northwestern and most of the inner city schools down in Dade County. He's done a fantastic, he's gonna graduate now in December. Uh, he's had an all-conference four years type and he's coming back for his uh, COVID year. So he, we're looking, we're excited about him. We have some other players as well. Uh, the, Nate Noel, so running back from Miami Northwest that played as a redshirt freshman last year. And we're looking big to have a big year from him this year as well. So that continues to happen. Again, same thing with Shamar G. Charles who made All-American. So We've done real well with a lot of Dade County kids. And in Louisville, we just came. I was there for the last two years. Uh, we signed two more kids from there. And obviously, we know about Tutu Atwell. He was there before we got there. But Louisville has always been a, a Dade County kind of strong team uh, recruiting-wise. Um, so we, we continue that there. Now, obviously, I'm at App State, so we're working on the same deal now. So, but a lot of kids, you'll be surprised. A lot of kids, and especially you guys know this from Dade County, those kids, I always tell everybody, they don't care where they go. They just want to play ball. They want an opportunity. They want to go showcase their talents and they can go all the way to Utah, right? They can go all the way to Utah, all the way to Oregon to go play football. It doesn't matter that they just want an opportunity to be able to play. You want right, a coach. lot of games at App State, and that makes a big difference. You want to go to a winning program, and, I mean, you look at App State in the last 10 years, and they've, they've racked up the victories. Yes, you know, sir. Coach Ponce, I'm going to jump in real quick. You know, you look at Dade County, and for a long time, you know, assistant coaches and head coaches got overlooked for a long time. You know, what, what do you think changed to, you know, get you guys on the radar and, and have an opportunity – to you know, further your careers other than just coaching high school football. Did you ever think coaches in Miami would ever get the opportunity they have? No, and I'm and Fitch, I'm glad you answered uh, asked me that question. I'm gonna tell you guys here. This is my opinion, okay? And I think I have two legs to stand on with this, all right? And I'm gonna tell you, one person, Myro Cristobal. And the reason I say that is because he took a chance on two high school coaches, and in my opinion, he hit a home run with both of them. After that happened, if you guys look at the track record, a lot of high school that deserving coaches got an opportunity to coach college. 
You look at Damon Cogdill, that was winning a lot of football games, Telly Lockett, uh, and, some, and some of the other guys that, that I might hear. You know, obviously, Coach Harris went to the University of Miami with Randy Shannon. Uh, Tim Ice Harris Jr. Is, is, went to FIU and now is at Central Florida. But to me, that started that effect, that domino effect of, hey, listen, these are high school guys. They're talented. You know, we, we spend a lot of times in the high school going to this football clinic, spending time the Nike Coach of the Year clinic in Orlando. You used to see everyone there. It was like a convention for us. Uh, you, saw, you saw coaches at the University of Florida's clinic, uh, Florida State, Miami, Central Florida. You saw all these high school coaches expanding their knowledge, getting better as coaches. So when you had an opportunity to be able to interview for a college position and you're able to do those things and showcase what you've learned throughout the years, that opened really a floodgate for high school coaches in Bay County. Well-deserving, well-deserving coaches that really worked hard, uh, just like other coaches around the country and from high school that I got opportunity somewhere else. So I think that really helped everything, Fish. It's, um, and I think Mario started it at FIU. There's no question about it because if you think about it, it never happened before that. You can mention Donnie Solinger when he got to University of Miami in the beginning and back in the 80s, right, with Jimmy. So you can uh, that that'll be one. But it really didn't start until the uh, two guys from high school going at, to FIU. You know, you follow that up real quick. What did you realize that the dream of being a college coach was became a reality? Well. And this is, I'm being as sincere as I, I, as I can, and this is the God honest truth. Guys, I never thought about being a, a college coach. It ne never crossed my mind. It fell on my laps, I tell everyone. And that's the God honest truth. How did it happen? Well, Mario gets hired at FIU. I never knew he got hired. So I'm at my mom's house. This is during Christmas break. And I'm at, the, I'm at my mom's house, laying in bed, relaxing. I get a call, Myra Christopher. I answer the phone call. You know, I just thought it was going to be about, hey, how you doing? And a couple of recruits or whatnot. So we start talking. He tells me, hey, I just got in. I just got hired as the head football coach at FIU. I'm, I'm ecstatic. Hey, great job, coach. Awesome, man. Congratulations. Next thing is, he asked me, would you be interested in interviewing for the wide receiver job? And I'm like, I'm taking back. And I'm like, sure. Absolutely. I, you know, and again, I didn't think nothing of it. I'm sure he's going to interview other guys on my mind. I'm thinking he's got college guys in mind that are probably more qualified or feel that they're more qualified because they've been in the college level. But if I go back real quick, Fish, and tell you about all the clinics that I attended, all the coaches that I spent time, countless hours watching film and talking with them. And when I got the opportunity to interview, then it became, okay, well, you know what? I can do this. And there's just no question about it. I'm made for this. And then it just happened. And so it really was not, never something in the back of my mind. I, I want to be a college coach. I'm going like a lot of kids do now. And I say kids because I was back then about, what, 25, 26 years old or whatnot uh, during that time growing as a coach. And then just the opportunity presented itself, and I took it and ran with it. Coach, question for you. Um, when I was back in Rutgers, at one time, Appalachian State staff came to visit us. And I remember being in a room with one coach and we were watching film of West Virginia and we were getting ready to play them the next year. It was going to be a big year first. They had Pat White, a quarterback, Slate and a tailback. And the coach looked at me as we were watching his film and I'm bragging on White and Slate and telling them how good they are and how we have to stop them. And he, he looked at me and says, coach, he says, 
I'm not measuring, and I'll use the word sticks. I'm not measuring sticks, but we got some pretty doggone good talent out there at Appy State. So, and, and believe it or not, it was either the next year or the year after they beat Michigan. Okay. Mm. I was going to ask you the difference in talent, and you've been at Division One, Louisville, et cetera. Is there much of a drop off in talent, or are they, is App State right there in talent wise? There is a drop off, Nemo, and I always tell people this where's the drop at the line? Those guys at the Power Five level are much bigger than a lot of the kids in the group of five. Uh, we might be quicker, but they're bigger. Now, when you move over to the skills, for example, the wide receivers, I'll be honest with you. We have four receivers on our team that could have played, other than Tutu and Des Fitzpatrick, they would have played at Louisville without a shadow of a doubt. No questions asked. Or, and I'm just saying using Louisville because I just came from there, but in many Power 5 schools. So, And then you look at the skill position of running back. We just, the Titans just took an app state running back two years ago. Okay. So, and then defensively, the speed is there. We're equivalent to them. Again, DBs, our DBs might be 5'9, five, 5'10. Five, Their DBs are six feet, six, six, one. So, there's a little difference in range and size, not much difference in the talent itself. Now, it depends now which power five school you're talking about. If you start sure. talking about Clemson or Alabama, those Ohio State, those type of schools, Oregon, now we're talking a little bit more of a gap. But for the most part, it's right there, Dima. Gotcha. Coach, I keep jumping on with that. You know, you've had it. We've been talking a little about, you know, you working with Coach Cristobal at FIU and most recently with Coach Satterfield at um, App State and at Louisville. And, you know, what are we able to take from both of those guys during your time working with them? And how did they really change the way you coach football? And, you know, what have you been able to use, with, use from them and use it in your own coaching career. Right. So I'll start with Coach Cristobal and the things that I've taken and learned from him. And I, I was fortunate enough to start under him. And Demo can attest to that because he learned a lot, obviously, from Coach Chiano uh, that he was under and some of the other coaches, University of Miami, that he worked with. But the biggest thing with Coach, he's very detailed, Coach Cristobal, very detailed. When it comes to recruiting, he is an absolute machine. And you learn that from him, having to, to be able to recruit in the right way, details in your individual positions, uh, being able to relate to kids, whether they're in your room there at the university or you're having to recruit. So all those things were new to me and I was able to learn from him, watching him, how he dealt with parents, how he dealt with players, how he dealt with recruits, all, how he dealt with coaches, I learned tremendous from him. He's, again, very detailed, very, I like to use the word, very uh, particular in his uh, pickings and his decision-making. Uh, just a, an out, overall outstanding coach. And obviously, we, we've seen the success that he's had, so it's worked for him. Now, moving on to Coach Satterfield, we're talking about two different ends of the spectrum. One is on one side, the other one's on that side. So Coach Satterfield is a very laid-back coach. He lets his coaches coach. He's very in tune with his uh, personality as far as players, uh, as far as parents. Uh, they gravitate, they really like you, fall in love with him as a person. So you learn that from him. He was under coach, the legendary Hall of Famer, Coach Jerry Moore. So everything he did to them, to, and when I say them, I'm talking about the App State way, everything is family first. 
uh, just having to really balance your family and coaching has been spectacular. Being with him the last for really eight years, uh, six at App State, two at Louisville, and two as an offensive coordinator. When he was the offensive coordinator at FIU, that's where I met him. Uh, I learned so much from him. Great offensive mind, great day play caller. It's the biggest thing that he has. I think that's his strongest asset is being a great day game caller. So you learn a lot from both of them and try to mix it in now, blend it in. Obviously, I got Coach Clark now. I'm learning a lot of things from him. He's he's very similar to Coach Satterfield. Again, Coach Clark played at App State. He played on the Jerry Moore. So he has that App State weight. So we joke around, and this is like um, Baby Joda episode, right? This is the weight, and this is the App State weight. This is the way it's always going to be done. And it's worked for, for Appalachian State. It's worked for us. I've been fortunate to be part of that App State way, and we want to continue winning. So we learn, I learned a lot from both of them, uh, the goods and the bads, and, and mostly good, to be honest with you guys. They're just awesome guys. Uh, Mario was great with me. Satterfield's been great with me. Coach Clark has been great with me. I've just been fortunate to be able to leave home, leave my family in Miami, and come work over here for – Coach Satterfield and Coach Clark, and just have a great time. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump around. You you, you talk about Mario, and, and you look at the coaches that he's hired and identified. You know, identifying talents one thing. I think identifying coaches too. You look at you and the success you've had, Coach Jeff Collins, James Coley, uh, Coach Mirabal. Like you know, Scott Satterfield was on his staff. I mean, he had Coach Satterfield and Jeff Collins on the same staff at FIU. What, what makes Mario so good at being able to identify these guys? Details. Like I mentioned, details. He's very particular. He's, he'll run 100 questions. Uh, his interviews are very extensive, uh, thorough. I learned a lot. I saw a lot of guys interview. I saw a lot of guys interview on their coach, Trista Ball. And just to throw a couple names here, you know, obviously we, you mentioned Fish. You mentioned Scott Satterfield, the head football coach now at Louisville. You mentioned Jeff Collins, the head coach of Georgia Tech. Davalos at Boise. Arroyo at UNLV. So he's got four head coaches under him right now. Uh, both those, the last two guys, Arroyo and uh, Davalos, were with Avalos, I'm sorry, at Oregon. Uh, so one was the defense coordinator and, and the other one was the offensive coordinator there. So guys have moved on from him and been successful. And now you got four head coaches. You have coach uh, Mirabal, which is his offensive line coach. They're still obviously Popovich, uh, still coaching at, with Jeff Collins, the DB coach, uh, Cedric Calhoun. Um, a lot of coaches out there, myself as the offensive coordinator here at App State. So he's developed a lot of coaches. Uh, been, we've been able to learn a whole bunch under his tutorage and his guidance. And that continues. And obviously those guys now will do the same with their assistants, but that's something that coach Cristobal can definitely claim. He's got four head coaches out there. And how many people could do that? You know, this past off season, you head back to App State. We talked about that. You're now the OC, you're calling the plays. Why would, why the move back to App State? Well, it's a simple Charles. Uh, here's the biggest thing why I made the decision. I felt, I'll be honest with you. I feel that I was ready. I've been ready for this opportunity uh, for the last probably six, seven years and just was not getting any looks or any opportunities out there for whatever reason. 
And so I, I continued working hard, continued learning on the Coach Satterfield. And the opportunity came now when Coach Clark had an, an opening and said, hey, listen, I know this is something that you've always talked about, you want it, and here's the opportunity. Would you take it? And obviously, in levels, it's a step down, but not in the profession. I don't see it that way. It gives me an opportunity to showcase what I'm able to do to help me, A, move on, propel my career, or continue getting better at where I'm at, which is fine. I, I am happy. I always believe that you're going to be where God wants you to be. This is where I need to be right now. So the move was made with the right intentions, the, the, the ability to move up in my profession. And I want to continue to do that. I want to see, I want to put myself and, and take on the challenge of calling plays. And I've been ready for it. I've been doing the same studying that everybody else does when they get the opportunity. Uh, but the biggest thing is, I, I will say this, I always heard this, and you guys can attest to this because I'm sure you've heard it sometime. Well, you haven't called it. You don't have the experience. Well, at the end of the day, how am I going to get the experience that you don't? So my my right. my my question is this: How many times were you a head coach before you became a head coach? How many times were you an AD before you became an AD? So what I tell I like to tell young coaches out there: Keep your head chin down. And roll your sleeves up and keep working hard. Keep moving forward. Don't let anything discourage you. Keep moving forward. Because what's delayed is not denied. So we got to continue working towards our goals and continue to just uh, work through all the, the garbage is what I like to say, for the lack of a better term, right? We work through all that garbage and get to where you want to get to regardless of what's in your way. Great answer, Coach Ponce. And, you know, throughout my career, I recruited Florida, in particular Miami. And the high school coaches down there were always so good to me and fair to me. And in return, I was great to their players if I was fortunate enough to get them. I'll tell you a real quick story about Mario. You know, he's Mr. 305. I think I'm Mr. 305. I'm coming from New Jersey. So I'm down there stealth recruiting. And I think I got a kid at North Miami High. No, yeah, North Miami. Uh, Leonard Graham was the coach. He had uh, played at East Carolina when I was there. So I thought I had this offensive lineman. So I said, I got him, you know, and he committed to me. And all of a sudden he's like, Mario's coming by. I said, oh, gosh, darn it. I said, I'm going to be in a war with this guy. You end up flipping a kid. You end up going to Miami. But it, it was always fine when I was down there. I never had a pleasure to work with Mario. And I wish I did because I knew the kind of recruiter he was. And I was the same kind of, kind of guy. And I always knew if I was going over somewhere and all of a sudden he showed up or he was behind me or he was in front of me and I was behind him, I was always going to be in a war to try to get the kid, especially with you know him involved in it. But I know what you're saying about all the opportunities. Keep it going, Coach, because I've known you for a long time. I've watched your career, and you're right where you need to be. I know that. So I want to say, hey, my hat's off to you. Congratulations. Thank you, Dimo. Appreciate that. Yep. You know, Coach, um, you know, you um, you returned to App State this year. You, we talked already about kind of what makes App State what it is with the, the family and the, and the App State style. What are the expectations this year coming off of a COVID year? Um, what kind of team uh, is returning? Um, how do you feel about, you know, competing for another conference championship? Uh, we feel strong. I mean, I've always, even though I was away for two years, all these kids, most of these kids, 90% of these kids, Corey, we recruited. So we fought, we like to follow and see how they were doing and being successful. And we were always rooting for them. There's no question about it. I think Appalachian State, to me, means the world. It's, it's a dear place, Boone is. It's helped my career. And, it's, and, and again, it does it again in helping me here become an offensive coordinator, giving me the opportunity. 
So what we're looking for this year, obviously we have our, our COVID year back. A, a lot of the kids are back. We call them super seniors, right? Where everybody's calling them. So we got some really talented players at the wide receiver position. We have 10 out of 11 returning starters on defense. Uh, we got to make a couple adjustments and, and, and replacements on the offensive line, maybe two of them. Uh, but we, for, for the most part, we're intact. We have three returning running backs. Uh, we have a transfer quarterback that just transferred into us and Chase Bryce from the University of Duke. He was first at Clemson, then went to Duke, and now he's with us. And we had a great spring. Chase caught on to the offense really fast, a really smart kid, really talented kid, a talented arm is what he really has, and very smart kid. So uh, we're we're happy with what we have, Corey. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, we're definitely going to be competing for a championship this year. There's no question about it. There's some strong teams in our conference. Uh, Coastal obviously share the conference with uh, Louisiana Lafayette. And then if you look at our conference, we they've brought on a lot of new coaches in, some talented coaches. You know, Bowden is in, and uh, you have uh, Coach Jones that, that is now at Arkansas State, and Rich Rodriguez is, is a, as a play caller. So you, you look at the conference is very talented with players and coaches. Wow, wow. That, <laughs> I didn't realize it. I, I didn't realize you guys got Chase Bryce. I remember, I think he was a five-star quarterback coming out of high school. And there are some things that I definitely like about him. You know, he's got a big time arm and, you know, I think he's going to have a lot of success in your offense. But one of the things you being the OC, um, you know, with that eventually will come, I, I feel you're going to have success uh, being the offensive coordinator at App State. What, you know, you're one step closer to that ultimate goal of coaches and that's a head coaching uh, candidate uh, in, at that next level, like, what do you think about that? Fish, I, God bless you for bringing that up because I haven't even thought about it. Hey, I'll tell you what, if, if, I, if I'm blessed enough and I'm given the opportunity, man, I'll be so grateful and thankful. But first things first, Fish, I, I got to, you know, I, and I know I will, but we got to do a good job here first. You know, we got to, I'm focused right now as the play caller, I got to make sure that that's intact. I make sure that that's on point. And then once that happens, Fish, I want you to ask me that question again, man. Let's do this podcast in a year from now, okay? So, but uh, I'm excited. Hey, that just, just remember <laughs> me because you're going to need somebody to run recruiting, all right? Oh, I'm no just, I'm, I'm, I'm prostituting myself out right now on, on this uh, interview. Hey, so. we might have to bring Demo out of retirement, man. Oh, man. It's the roof. I'm ready, baby. Oh, yeah. For you, Coach hey, Boss, I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so no, but we'll, we're definitely, you know, that, that, that's obviously a goal. And, 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 I, and I'm a believer that, you know, take care of this first. And that, that other goal, once you get there, we'll cross that bridge when we get there uh, kind of mentality. Well, we'll get there. So, we got to make sure we do a good job here. Well, I might say one final thing, Coach. Honestly, I grew up with you basically you know, through this, my business, the whole recruiting thing. And uh, honestly, I, it's, I love seeing guys like you making it as far as you do. It gives, it, it should give a lot of young coaches that hope that, Hey, dreams do become reality. Like, you know, I knew you when you were at Miami high and if, if someone had told me, Hey, listen, we're, we'd be where we are today. I would have never thought it was possible because just all the roadblocks you guys had to go through. And I think, the hard work's paid off. 
Um, I'm real proud of you as a coach and, a, and you're a great human being. I've been around you a long time. I consider you a great friend. I think Demo does as well. And congratulations on, on what you've done as a coach in your career, man. I, I'm proud of you, man. So. I appreciate the kind words, Fish. And obviously, man, along the line, along the way to get to where I'm at, you meet great people like you guys and, and great opportunity. And, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you, you know, Demo, I mean, when he used to take me to, you know, we, we traveled to road trips and stuff. And, and this is one thing I, I didn't mention. Mario Cristobal was the tight end coach. And so yes, when I would go up there, I was a quarterback receiver guy. He would have me know, stay with me, stay with me, work with me on the drills. You know, and Demo obviously was on defense and whatnot, and, and Fish would be walking around recruiting with Seattle. <laughs> so, but he would take me with his tight end drills, and I would work the tight end drills. And as a high school coach, you got to be able to coach everything, right? So I would watch the drill, see what he wanted, and then he'll give me a group, and I was right next to him. And he mentioned this to me. He mentioned it with it at FIU. As he goes one day, we're sitting just talking, just talking about life. And when I say he goes, he goes to me, you remember when we used to go to Rutgers, right? The camps and you used to work the drills with me, right? He goes to, and I say, yeah, yeah, coach. Absolutely, man. I had a lot of good, uh, had a lot of fun. He goes to me, you were always in an interview and you never knew it. Mm. So I tell young guys that story. And I said, man, how you dress, how you talk, how you coach, how you conduct yourself. Somebody is always watching. Somebody's always watching. So always prepare yourself for the next step. Hey, Coach Ponce, I actually got stuck coaching some of Debo, Demo's DVs <laughs> at the camp because the Miami coaches didn't wake up that morning. You were on an <laughs> and, interview. And, uh, I, got, I didn't even realize I was getting interviewed. I didn't, <laughs> The poor kids, they were running the wrong way after. But, hey, listen, all is good, man. <laughs> Hey, Coach Ponce, I just want to say thank you. I know your time is very valuable, especially now as an yeah. offensive coordinator. We had the running backs coach on from Florida State, and I said the same thing to him about time of a college coach is very valuable. So thank you so much. I look forward to watching you at App State, and best of luck to you. One, thank one, you, Demo. One final thing, Coach Ponce. How, if you're a recruiter, you're a fan of App State, how would uh, they follow you on social media and stuff? What are your uh, handles? My handle on actually both, uh, well, on Twitter, is at Coach Frank Ponce, okay? And then my recruiting Instagram, I got two of them, Demo. So oh. my recruiting- <laughs> Demo doesn't have any, so don't- I got the rodeo phone hey. according to Corey. Hey, so, so here, here's my, my, um, my IG, at App State on score football, FB, okay? At App State on the score FB. I, I'm sorry, that's that's actually not it. Hang on a second, guys. <laughs> it's Coach Ponds App State. That's okay. my uh, my Instagram, Coach Ponds App State. What were you going to say, Corey? I, I was reading our App State football handle. <laughs> what were you going to say, Corey? You're about to say I was, you know, I was just saying, Coach Demo's still using Yahoo Messenger to recruit kids. <laughs> that doesn't work anymore. Well, that's what they for, you know. Some kids, some kid, poor kids, Yahoo addresses like 500 messages that they're from a Chris Demarest. And they're like, he had, <laughs> you know, these are kids are getting back to them. They've already graduated by now. So, yeah. <laughs> Coach Potts, we, we appreciate a, a truly a Dade County legend, if there ever was one. A Dade <laughs> Durham, man, uh, that is, that is wanting to do some great things. And, and you're not done yet. That's a great thing. Frank Potts' story had, the book has not been written yet. But we're going to be around for the for the for the big time chapters, and we look forward to watching you do your thing at App State this year. Tremendous program, 
double-digit wins most years. Not really one of the top oh, yeah. five programs in the nation. Uh, whenever you need some players in the Tampa Bay area or Polk County, Florida, you come talk to me. I'll take care of you. I appreciate it, Corey. Thank you so much. Thanks, Coach. Guys, I thank you very much. Coach Mike Ponce. Appreciate you guys, girl. man. Speak fresh. Right, go. Yeah. And if you always the most illustrious guest here on the Fishcast, and if you like the Frank Ponce interview or the David Johnson interview or really any other interview that we have out there, please check us out on Apple and Spotify podcasts. We want a five-star review. We want all the stars. Give us five. If you don't give us a five-star review, you're being straight up disrespectful. I'm going to find you. Bottom Stay line. tuned, baby. Stay tuned. Yeah. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.